Sophia Lorena is a 21-year-old mortgage loan officer. Her parents and friends thought she was crazy. She was a good student, but after some consideration, Sophia decided she didn't want to go to school. Sophia is just 21 years old and has already funded over $70 million worth of loans. She is also the host of the Shit Show My 20s podcast. She got her start early. In high school, she listened to a lot of podcasts and even went to conferences with her mom. She was always proactive. She got a real estate internship right out of high school. She studied and made sure to get the licenses she needed. She studied hard and did it for several months. People thought she was too young to do certain things, but she never let that get to her and proved those people wrong. Listen to how Sophia learned mortgages and got her start in the industry. Visit nodegree.com to start your journey. Subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash nodegree. Every contribution is appreciated. This show wouldn't be possible without you. Let's get the show started. Welcome to another episode of the No Degree Podcast. Today I have Sophia. How do you say your last name? I forgot to ask you that before we started. Yeah, it's okay. It's Busing, but I go by Sophia Lorena. Sophia Lorena. So mm-hmm. I have Sophia Lorena. Can you give a brief introduction of what you do? And yeah. share your age because, you know, you're still young, but you've done a lot in your youth. Yeah, so I am actually initially from Los Angeles. Okay. And what I do is I actually work in the mortgage industry. I am a loan officer. And to add my age in there, I'm 21. <laughs> wow, I, I didn't even know that was possible. Yeah, so I'm 21. And I also host a podcast called The Shit Show of My 20s. So Ooh, that's also I like something that. I love to do. And yeah, my whole journey kind of started around um, 18 when I decided not to go to college. And that's kind of where my story started. And I've always been into personal development, always been into mindset. I used to go to all these different events when we had events. I'm looking yeah. forward to having events again. Yeah, same <laughs> here. Yeah, yeah. so I would listen to all these different podcasts and go to these events. So I had this way of thinking that was already expanded yeah. when I was 18. So I realized, okay, there's like so many different options. If I don't want to get a degree, I don't necessarily have to. Yeah. So that's kind of what widened my view. And I also stumbled upon Gary Vee when I was like 16. Okay. <laughs> so you're one of the few that actually acted on it. Because a lot of people stumble upon him and they get used to listening to him. But the real thing is actually acting on his advice, right? Because mm-hmm. I see a lot of people, they listen and it sounds good, but it's totally different when you actually act on the advice. Yeah. 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 So usually I take it back to high school, but for you, I'm going to take it back to middle school. So obviously you're productive, right? How, would you want to be in middle school? In middle school, I think I wanted to be, I was interested in fashion. So maybe like a fashion designer. Really? Okay. <laughs> yeah. So fashion designer. And then I also was dabbling with the thought of being like a dentist or orthodontist okay. or something. Like that. Okay. Okay. No, I mean, it's, it's always interesting. So then how was school like for you in middle school? Did you like it? Did you hate it? Were you good at it? In middle school? I don't think I liked middle school. any reason why i think i've always been like i've always had like good grades and i've always been well in school but i just didn't like it (laughs) like i I didn't study yeah i would just get good grades but i'd kind of be like okay like what's next okay and then yeah yeah no so did how so how was high school like for you and would you want to be in high school so in high school i think i was thinking about going into being a therapist Wow. Okay. So I think that's what I was thinking about. I was thinking about psychology and um, mental health. And high school was 
High school was okay for me. I tried a bunch of different classes, but I still wasn't, I still was more into actually like learning in person than yeah. like learning in school. So that kind of felt more during high school. Okay. So I've always kind of had that way of thinking as of, I want to learn in person. Okay. So what were your favorite subjects in high school? And like, what did you start learning as a, and we'll kind of go by play by play. So usually, you know, we'll go into de- detail. So like, what was freshman? What did you start learning as a freshman? You were taking me way back. <laughs> That's only like six years, well, seven years, I guess, right? <laughs> yeah. What did I learn as a freshman? I learned... I did dance class, so I remember that. Yeah. And you don't have to go class by class, but what was your focus on as a freshman? Freshman, I think my focus on was on just getting used to high school, getting used to the different structures, getting used to the new friendships and new relationships. And I was also part of a college prep program. So we actually learned about applying for different colleges and how to study for the SATs and stuff like that. Okay. So, wow, you started early. Yeah. Yeah. So now, now the sophomore, for your sophomore year, what was your goal then? And would you, and did what you want to be change? Sophomore year, I think I was still thinking about psychology. I don't think things really shifted for me until I would say maybe junior year. Yeah. Or senior year. Because I think junior year was when college started to come to the forefront of my brain. So it started to freak me out. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. It freaks out a lot of kids. They're like, oh my God. It's like, I got to do this. I got to apply. I got to write all these essays and all that stuff. Yeah. So I think that was then when it freaked me out. I think also around that time was when I stumbled upon Gary Vee. So I think it was a similar time. And then I started going to events in person and listening to all these different people's stories. So I think it all happened around junior year so what type of events are you going to so do you know lewis house yeah 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 greatness media right yeah yeah so i went to his event the summit of greatness i went to the world domination summit it's another personal development event and i've been to so i've been to lewis house event three years in a row wow and are these paid events or so did you save up for how how'd that work I was fortunate enough that my um, my mom actually paid for them. No, so, I mean, look, yeah. that's good because so many kids are, you know, they're focused on other things like concert tickets or what. Not, not that there's anything wrong with it, but you actually are. Were you the young? And these conferences, were you the youngest person there? Like, were they like, yeah. wow, you're? Or was there anybody in your age group at these conferences? There really wasn't too many people in high school. It was more like twenty somethings, thirty somethings, yeah. forty somethings, and so yeah, I was usually the youngest one there. But my favorite part of going to those events is it's different to see someone on video versus seeing someone on stage. Like, it's just completely different. So, you know what thing, what I've realized, when you meet someone in person for the first time, they're always shorter or taller than you think. They're they're just like, I don't know, it's just weird. I can't explain it. Like, they're never the exact height that you'd expect them to be or the size or their stature, right? Because video just, I don't know, it sort of distorts in a way. Yeah, so I saw Ed Milet. Do you know Ed Milet? I'm not familiar with that name. Yeah. So he was actually shorter than I expected. Okay. Yeah. 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 Uh, that's interesting. So, I mean, so you mentioned like, it, you know, these events, you're, you're the youngest one there. How did people sort of treat you? And, you know, like, how did your high school friends kind of like, did they say, hey, Sophia, why are you doing that? Or were they like, hey, that's cool? 
So most of my friends in high school, they were kind of concentrated on what college they were going to go to, what their SAT score was, what their class score was, how to study more. So they were kind of concentrated on all of that. And I was like, not concentrated on any of that. So I was kind of always had like an opposite way of thinking. So they kind of found me weird. Yeah. (laughs) They're kind of like, she's like the oddball. Okay. What were you learning at these conferences? Yeah. So we went, there was like a lot in those conferences. So they would go into different things about your mindset, different things about like manifestation, what you're saying to yourself, like the constant script that's going on in your brain and how that's affecting all your reactions. They would go into like visualizations. They would go into all these stories of all these different people's paths and like all of like, I like to call them shit show moments, but all of like the hard stuff that they went through on the path. And you hear stories of like people losing all their money and having to restart again and all those stuff. So they went to a lot in those seminars about mindset, about business, about growing a podcast, about growing a personal brand. And yeah, I mean, like this is, that's amazing. And congratulations to you because like you just get exposed to a totally different dimension, right? Because there are so many kids like when I was in high school, podcasts weren't really like podcasts existed, but it was a totally different medium. Like it wasn't something that you listen on your phone, you had to download it. And it wasn't like it wasn't as common as it's today, like podcasts, especially year over year since 2017, it's like exploded. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it's like you just learning about what a brand is, learning about personal brand and learning these things early is like wow i wish i i knew these things earlier it just makes such a big difference because it's one of those things that they're they're assets right and as you build them over time you sort of have them and you can carry them forward with you so you you have the life of a not so typical high schooler so how were summers like for you how what did you do during high school summers so i'd always go to the gym so that's always been a big part of my life yeah yeah. and and I would listen to podcasts and then walk on the beach. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What podcast would, do you, would you listen to? Yeah, so I would listen to the Ed Milet show. I would listen okay. to the School of Greatness with Lewis okay. Howes. I would listen to Rachel Hollis. Okay. I'd listen to Eric Thomas. And yeah, those are the main ones in almost 30. Now, you're approaching your senior year. What's sort of going through your mind? Because now it's like college. That's when the college applications are serious. You should have taken your SATs or people are retaking their SATs and all that. What's going through your mind? So I actually ended up applying to a couple of colleges. But at the same time, I was kind of thinking it was kind of like anxiety was kind of building up, building up, building up because it's getting closer and closer and closer. And then you see like everyone's getting acceptance letters and then you know, I went to a college where it was very, I mean, I went to high school where it was very pro-college. It wasn't really like you can do anything else. It's kind of like college is the way and there's no other way. So I was kind of starting to get nervous because I think in the back of my mind, I started to think about things other than college. And I was like, I was like, how is this going to be accepted? Is this going to be accepted by the people around so, me? Or how you know, my, so my high school was like that. Not only was it pro college, it was like anti not college. Like, <laughs> let me tell you. So during SATs, that was the day several people cried like, Oh my God, I got a 2150. So whatever. Let's say I got a 15. Now it's like I got a 1600. I got a 1500 and people would cry like their life is over. Like that was my high school, right? Like I think only like two kids from the whole program went to like community college everybody else had to go to a certain school and if you didn't go to a top school and blah it was so weird 
right? So that was sort of that environment, right? Like you had to go to college, you, you know, what were you going to major in and all that, right? So that's kind of what you grew, grew up around. Yeah. Yeah. Same so, exactly. and so you, you have this anxiety, all what, how does it make you feel? Well, maybe feel like there's a conversation they have to have. I just don't want to have. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Kind of like the back and forth. Yeah, yeah. Of knowing that you have to have the conversation, but you just don't want to have it. It's like I want to prolong this as yeah. long as possible. So how did you? But I mean, eventually you had to have it, right? Yeah. So how did you have it? And going, can you go into detail about that? Yeah. So I was just very honest about where I was and what I was thinking. And I started to kind of like bring up the topic with my parents of like, Hey, I'm kind of thinking about, I kind of don't want to go. Like, yeah. I don't want to go to college. What was the reaction? It was pretty mad at first. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, I can imagine. I know most parents tend to be that way. Yeah, so pretty mad at first. It definitely took some time, kind of like years. <laughs> but um, I think my mom kind of understood first. And then my dad took a while to come around. But my mom, she would go to these events with me and she would hear Gary B and all these different people. So since she was open to that environment, she kind of had a different way of thinking. Versus my dad was not open to that environment. He didn't listen to any of those people. He was kind of just like, there's one way or no way. <laughs> so I think having those conversations and having those podcasts for her to listen to and all that stuff really So helps. your mom listens to podcasts? Mm -hmm. Wow, that's like, I, my parents have no idea what a podcast is. So it's like, that's that's always cool. Yeah. And did she listen to like support you or did she get into it after like sort of supporting you? How'd that happen? Yeah, so we actually used to argue all the time. Yeah. <laughs> so we actually used to never. Don't worry, I still argue time. with my parents, so I understand. <laughs> the arguing's less now, so it's yeah. more manageable now. But um, we used to argue all the time. So then we started working out together. Yeah. And then we would start playing podcasts together in the car. So that was wow, another thing. Cool. Like we'd start playing episodes yeah, yeah, yeah. together and then we would talk about the episode. So that was our first way of kind of arguing less. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Listening more was listening to podcasts. Wow. Okay. So she had an idea and she, she was like, all right, you're not just not going to college because you want to just mess around and waste your time. You kind of have a, pl a plan. So what was that plan? So I really didn't have a plan at first. At first I was kind of thinking like, I might try real estate. I got my real estate license. And then after that, I was thinking I had my dad's actually in the mortgage industry. So he, he started to tell me like, Hey, you should get your NMLS license. You should start doing mortgages. And I was like, and I didn't listen. So he had to say like three to four different ways. And then I was like, okay, like I'll think about it. And then he shows me one of his checks and then yeah. I got interested. After yeah. yeah, yeah. That. <laughs> okay. Nice. But, yeah. Nice. So you mentioned the real estate license, like how hard is it to get? And how'd you get that? Real estate license is pretty easy. The NMLS license is really hard. So the real estate license, you just take a couple, you do an online course and then you take the test and you study yeah. for the test. NMLS, you do a course as well, but the test is way harder. So you yeah, have to yeah. study a lot harder for the NMLS than the real estate one. So the real estate license, like how, what's like, is it you a week long, two weeks long? Like what's the realistic time frame? I think it's realistic that you can get in it within like 30 days. Okay, 30 days. Just like just studying like an hour or two a day type thing. Yeah. Okay, what about NMLS? 
NLS was hard for me. It took me yeah, three yeah. times. Okay. Three times to pass. So I actually started to try to take the test and everything around August, but I didn't actually end up passing until like November. Okay. So it took me a while. Okay. So that's what, would you say 30 days, but more intense or you would take someone should plan more like a realistic two to three months? Well, if they're good at studying and they take studying seriously, they could probably get it done within 30 days. Okay. Because I didn't take studying seriously the first two times it took me longer. Okay. And what does the NMLS test actually? So in order to become a loan officer, you have to pass that test or else you can't originate loans. And then you have the NMLS and then you also have different state licenses so you can get a license for florida and all these different states as well so you can originate in different states and not in those different states which is pretty nice yeah and so you need that test to get that license and that they go into all these questions about like the different regulations on loans and the different monthly payments and they go into all these different it's pretty complicated because they try to trick you on like this is this is the answer but it's really a different answer So, yeah. Yeah, typical test things, right? Like, oh, it's an annual percentage, not a whatever monthly percentage and all that stuff. And you have to divide by 12 and take the X, but whatever, stuff like that. So, okay. So now you got the, you got it. And I guess it took like four or five months to sort of get everything together. And now, did you have any jobs in high school? So I did, I did work with a real estate company interning for them. Yeah, but that was pretty much it. I worked at a smoothie bar for a couple of days. <laughs> okay, a couple of days. Can, why a couple of days? To share that experience. <laughs> I, I wasn't very good at it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, I I could imagine it's not like I customers are always like I used to I used to work at a like a Starbucks, the Barnes and Nobles Cafe, and I I was decent. I was good at it, but yeah, I could imagine like if I didn't have to, I probably wouldn't. Um. But yeah, so now you passed your exam. It's November. Now, what came next? Yeah. So during the time that I was actually trying to pass, I started applying already for training programs. So with the training programs, they actually help you get the license. They help you study and everything, but I didn't get into any of them. So I ended up just getting the license on my own. And then once I had the license, I started applying again for more jobs. So I applied again for more jobs and then I got an interview. And then I did the interview with them. And then I eventually ended up working with that company and starting as customer service and then doing loans later on. Okay, interesting. So do you think your age was one of the reasons why you didn't get accepted to a training program? I think it was my age. And also, I think it was mainly my age because one of the managers did bring up my age. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. No, I mean, they're lost, right? They're lost. They would have had a a great uh, loan. So now you started as customer service. How long were you customer service for? I was in there for about two to three months. Okay, two to three months. And you're about 18, 19 at this time? At that time, I was 19. Okay, so 19, you graduated high school. You sort of started over the summer. By the November after your high school, you're, you you kind of start. So how long did it take you to find a job? It took me, uh, well, I started applying for that training program. In August, yeah, I yeah. didn't get any of those jobs. Yeah, yeah. So I didn't actually get end up getting a job until the end of November. Okay. So end of November. Now, how long? So you started as customer service. How long were you customer service for? I didn't actually start originating loans until January. Okay. So, from, so uh, yeah. But just like two months of, that's not too yeah. bad. Two months of customer service and you start originating loans. Now, you're originating loans. How was that in the beginning? 
In the beginning, it was hard because <laughs> you don't know what you're doing. I feel like you have training, but you really don't know what you're doing until you do quite a few loans. Because then you start to learn this is what works. This is what file can work. This is what file cannot work. Then you start to learn how to read tax returns and how to price things out correctly and how to talk to different people. So it was it was hard at the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. So what in your past like really helped you kind of prepare for that? Because I know a lot of younger people, they sort of lack the communication skills, right? Some people get irritated. Some people have different things and then they promise you certain things and they never answer. Like what helped you navigate these scenarios? So I think what helped me the most during those scenarios was like the first couple of weeks of customer service were pretty rough because I've okay. never been on the phone before. Like yeah, I've never yeah. talked to people on the phone. I've never talked to like a high volume of people on the phone every day. And what's a high volume? Like a hundred people a day. Okay. hundred so, or more. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> so quite a bit of people every day. And I didn't, this is my first like real job. I didn't know how to use lead generation systems or any of the programs or anything. So it was kind of like the first two weeks or a bit of like craziness. But what was really helpful is I had like super supportive people around me who were helping me with the lead generation systems and how to talk on the phone and how to be more comfortable with people on the phone. But I think having that customer service experience for those two months really helped me carry on to being a loan officer. Now, how how does you get a salary? Do you get commission, a hybrid of both? How does that system work? Yeah, so... At the beginning, I started off doing retention loans. So I started off doing current client loans. And that was a a base salary. And then eventually, I transitioned into commission. So I do commission plus hourly. And what are the salary... You don't have to share your salary, but what are the salary ranges typical for this industry? It's it's quite typical to go over six figures in one year. Okay, Okay, nice, nice, nice. Now... When do you really start to get the groove of things? Mm, I would say it took me maybe four to five months. Okay. And yeah. like, what really helped you sort of get the, like, what came together? Like, what would you say, like, you understood in those four to five months? Well, what was really nice was this is back right before COVID happened. So we were all in the office. So I think what really helped is that I, if I need help with anything, I could just turn to the person next to me and ask them how to do it. <laughs> so I think that was really helpful. It was just having all these people next to me being like, I need help with this. I don't know how to read this. Was this me? <laughs> like, so I think having that really helped. Okay, nice. Now, how has the industry changed over time? Because COVID really changed just a lot of things, right? Just how you do things. Some things, some new things are allowed. Some things are harder. Some things are easier. How has the industry changed during COVID? So I think the changes are there's a lot more remote positions than prior to COVID. I think prior to COVID, there were a lot more in-office positions and they kind of preferred you to be in office. But I think now they're more open to having more remote people come on. And another thing that I think has changed in terms of like timelines and, you know, appraisal delays, title delays, I think things have slowed down a bit in terms of processing times. But yeah, and I think it's definitely gotten more popular as the rates have been after COVID. So I think that definitely helped as well. Yeah, that's definitely. So in your career, right? So you've been now, what? it's been two years about, right? So what would you say is your biggest accomplishment? 
I think the coolest thing has been being able to put together deals that were declined before. (laughs) They were declined by a different company, but you find a different way to do it. And you like pay cash out, you pay off a debt through another property, you do two loans at once. You do, there's different ways to like change it around. And I think it's been cool to do some of those where it's like declined by someone else and then you figure out how to piece it yeah, all yeah. back together. I mean, I see your TikToks and you're like, hey, you know, there are so many different ways and so many mm-hmm. creative ways to sort of get things done. How are you learning these things? I think I just learned by trial and error. So I would just look at like, these people would come to me and they say, Hey, I got declined by someone else. And when someone's coming to you and they already got declined by you, at least reviewing their file and like looking at their stuff, you can at least give them a better idea of what they could do next time or what they could potentially do now. So even if you can't help them now, at least you can give them a guide towards what they can do next time so that they can qualify. So I think it never hurts to have like another person take a look at it. And I would just look at their scenario and, I was, and I'll look at all their debts and say, okay, if we can do this and this at the same time and then close them at the same time and then do it this way and this way. And I would just look at their whole file and say, okay, this is how we make it work. Yeah. Are there any podcasts that are helpful specific to loan officers that you listen to? I don't listen to any podcasts related to loan officers. Okay. So yeah. what podcasts are you currently listening to now? Because I know podcasts, taste change over time, right? Some podcasts that were helpful before don't give us value now. What podcasts, what's in your routine now? I really like Almost 30. Almost 30? Okay. Yeah, I mean, look, you're ahead, of the, you're, you're ahead of the curve. So that's that's good. So, and what are you really learning um, that like has really helped you, right? Because you really have, you're, you're doing things right and you're doing things that a lot of people should be doing at 30, 40 years old and you're getting them right right away. So what are what are the things that you feel like that you've really learned over the last six months? Well, I think one of the biggest things for everyone has been this pandemic. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's a, a big thing yeah, yeah, for yeah. But I think more and more people right now are realizing that it doesn't hurt to start something new now that they've always been wanting to start. Like, you notice a lot of new a lot of new podcasts are coming up a lot of new businesses are coming up a lot of new things are coming up so i feel like right now something that i've been learning is it doesn't hurt to start something new especially something you've always been wanting to start i started my podcast in april 2020 because i got furloughed for a couple months and i was like if it doesn't happen now it's never gonna happen and that's been pretty cool because i got to meet so many cool people through that experience yeah, so I mean that's good, man. I I wish I I started a podcast way earlier, right? Like this one I started like August 2019, I wasn't that consistent and then I was really consistent from like the end of 2019. And you know, it's just you just learn a lot, you get to interview so many people. So now what would you say was the hardest thing you went through or what was the hardest phase of your life? Hardest thing that I went through. There's a couple. Yeah, sure. So, uh, it's like, how do I pick yeah. one? Yeah, yeah well, yeah. But share all of them. Share all of them. Okay, I'll share all of them. So, one of the biggest reasons why I started the podcast is because I was going through my own series of shit show moments. Yeah. And they were kind of all back to back to back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, it kind of started out with I was in a car accident. Yeah. And it was a pretty bad car accident. And my car ended up getting totaled. And, and it ended up, there was a car on my right hand side, and they ended yeah. up going into the right-hand side of my car and taking out yeah. the complete right-hand side. Oh, and oh, were then you hurt? I didn't get hurt. 
oh, which was good. the crazy part about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. didn't get hurt. I had to go to a chiropractor. I had some like back and neck, but I didn't get seriously injured, which was pretty good. But what happened is my car actually stopped that day. And I still don't know how it stopped because I blacked out. And then somehow my car stopped. And if my car would have gone over onto the other side of the road, oh, it would have got hit by incoming traffic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So bad. So I had that experience. And that happened when I was 19. Yeah, yeah. And so that experience happened. And then a couple months later, I got furloughed. So oh, okay. Like, so that's it tough. was like it was like right next to each other. So I actually never processed the car accident until I got furloughed. And then when I was furloughed, I had to actually sit with all the things that happened in the car accident and the uncertainty and how much it affected me mentally. So going through those two things and then going through furlough, I also had to deal with, okay, this job title is taken away from me. This money I was making was taken away from me. How do I like detach myself from what I had and kind of stay in this period of waiting? Cause they said it was going to be four weeks until I got my job back, but it ended up being three months. But just going through that period of uncertainty was pretty hard too. Yeah. Now, how'd you end up getting over it? The podcast. <laughs> the okay. Podcast. So the podcast was so, your way to heal. Yeah. That podcast is my way because what I essentially did was just distract myself with the podcast. I essentially went all into the podcast yeah. and I would do like, some days I would do like three interviews. Some days I would do like five interviews. Wow. So I just blowed up my calendar to do interviews. Yeah, yeah. And that was kind of my way of, processing it it was just asking all these people all these different questions about their moments and yeah. their healing journey. so now now have you personally ever felt insecure about not having a degree not really <laughs> all right don't worry you're not missing out so I, I you're way ahead of most graduates anyway so good you know good for you now what are your future goals yeah so what i would love to do long term is i would love to flip properties and also do airbnbs and I also love to do like different retreats for the podcast, do like a retreat in like Greece and like Bali and have all a bunch of cool speakers there. Wow. No, that's awesome. I, I know you're going to hit it. Now, what are some things you still sort of struggle with and you still want to get better at? Well, I think an area that I really still struggle with is relationships. Yeah. That's definitely, that's definitely. Don't worry. Relationships are always, they're never easy. Yeah. It's just a part of life. And what specifically do you struggle with relationships? Well, I feel like I'm going through this phase of trying to find, create new friendships and yeah, find yeah. new people who are on like the same wavelength. So that's something I've been going through. Um, another thing is just romantic relationships are hard too yeah. in your 20s. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're yeah. I mean, they're tough and COVID yeah. makes things a little, you know, weirder. And I know, I mean, when I was around, they didn't have like the apps like that. So... It's definitely a totally different time, right? Yeah, I mean, I wish you the best of luck. And, you know, one thing I, I really like the book, Um, there's a book called Emotional Intelligence 2.0. Did you read that book? I haven't read that one. Yeah, that one's by Travis Bradbury. But that, that like, really just helps you kind of just understand because emotional intelligence is, like, this whole different area. And then it's tough because if you react to different people in different ways and a lot of it's also understanding like yourself and understanding like your strengths and weaknesses so it takes time look i'm 30 and i'm still figuring myself out so you know you'll be fine now what advice would you have for yourself you know if you could go back to and talk to your high school self what would you kind of tell that sophia i think what i would tell her 
is she put less pressure on herself. I think she put a lot of pressure on herself to try to figure everything out all at once. And I think she kind of overwhelmed herself by thinking that she had to figure it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, look, you, you're you well-adjusted because a lot of people who tend to not go to college, is they still have like, usually they're not figuring themselves out at the level that you're at by 21 years old. Most people, it's like, hey, they do a couple stints and then by 23, 24, that's when they sort of settle into a career and stuff. Now, what are you sort of getting like better at? Like, what would you say that you've gotten really good at lately in your career? And what advantage, like, what are you, what advantage do you have? Cause I know you're on TikTok, you're doing like, I can't imagine like these 40, I mean, there are some 40 year old real estate people on TikTok, but it's not as common, right? A lot of them tend to be younger. So what would you say are your strengths? I would say something I've been getting better at is storytelling. I think I've been getting better at that. I would say one of my strengths too has been I've been getting more used to the highs and the lows that come with being in this type of industry. So I think that's something I've been getting better at. And creating content, I think I've been getting better at that too. I think that's really helped me because it's super fun to create content. No, it is fun. And your content is fun. is creative and it's pretty cool. So you mentioned the highs and lows of the industry. What what are the highs? Like, what is a high in the industry? The highs are you can have great months. And then the yeah. lows can be you can have months that are awful. <laughs> you can yeah, have yeah. months that everything's falling apart. But So is it yeah. like in when it's falling apart, is it that you're not making any money? Is it like, what is it? You can have months where you're making less money. You can have months where deals fall apart. You can have months where you think a deal is going to close and it takes longer. You yeah. can have months where you're dealing with people who are more difficult to deal with. Um, there's all a bunch of things that can happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, so would you sort of recommend people like save up on the high months to sort of wave mm-hmm. out? Because I, I've seen a lot of people real estate, like sometimes it's like two, three months to close a deal and you get this big check and it's... Like, so how, how do you manage that? I've always been a saver. So I love saving money. So I think just because I had that tendency, it's really helped me. But I definitely recommend that because it could be tempting when you see a check. You're like, oh, I want to go do this. I want to go do this. I want to go do this. But I'm really glad that I didn't do that. Because I think if I would have done that, I would have been more stressed if, like, you know, something happens or a month's not as good as the month before or something like that. And you're still living at home, right? Yeah. Do that. Like, I'm telling you, do that. Like, if I could go back, like, I, I, the most successful people who I've seen who are younger, they'll get a good job, right? They'll buy a house. They won't live in it. They'll just yeah. rent out their first house, wait, aggressively pay that off, and then use the first house to get the second house and the, all the payments from the first house pay for the second house and the second house paying for And then it's just like, after that, it's just like a pyramid scheme. It's yeah. just like, you just have the houses coming in. So what made you a saver? Like, was it anything or just, it was just always your habit? Cause a lot of people are not savers, especially when they're young, right? The car comes, it, Oh, I gotta get on my own. I gotta travel a lot. I gotta whatever. Right. It's just so many things to spend on. I think I've always just been drawn to saving versus spending because i've always just liked to have the security so i've always kind of viewed it as a security so i've always been attached to let me see as much as i possibly can yeah yeah Yeah. no i mean it's good it's something that more people should do so what's a splurge you're gonna do like things are good you have some savings what's the splurge that you're gonna do like hey you know what i'm gonna splurge on this i have enough in the bank i've had several good months it's not gonna hurt me 
The sports that I see myself doing within the next two years is a trip to Greece. Okay. And go to Italy. Are you Rome. Greek? No. No, okay. I'm actually, yeah, I'm Hispanic. And okay. And German. Okay. So why, why, what attracts you to Greece? Like, I don't know. It's so beautiful. <laughs> it is beautiful. I think uh, my friend's girlfriend, Greece, and it's, it's beautiful, like just relaxing and amazing. So, no, I mean, good luck with that. Now, what attracted you to get on TikTok? So the reason why I wanted to try TikTok is because I I, I love the platform. I'm kind of yeah. addicted to watching all the videos. It's so, it's so addicting. Like, I got to be careful because that's the... Out of all the platforms of all time, TikTok is the most addicting. Like, I've... Yeah. You know, like, four hours, boom. I was like, what did I do? It's like, four, it's 5 a.m. What am I doing with my life? Yeah. So I've always been addicted towards it and i would see other people creating content into tiktok and i was like okay might as well try it yeah and then one video just went viral and that was nice yeah how many views did it get it ended up getting close to four hundred thousand. oh nice congrats and then i had another one that did close to seven hundred thousand. it was like a joke one and it had nothing to do with loans or something i did it like over a year ago but I actually got more traction from the one about loans than the joke one. So the yeah, joke I mean, one sometimes didn't give me any results. So, yeah, yeah, it could probably get you a couple followers or yeah. something. But okay. Now, what's like, how long do you spend creating content in a given week? And how many videos are you publishing a week? So on TikTok, I'm only maybe posting maybe three videos okay. a week. And it doesn't take me that long to create them. I create them in like a couple minutes. Okay. Okay. Now, What's tough about creating content? Because I know like sometimes the comments you deal with, right? And what what are some tough things you deal with? Because I can imagine like some people like they they feel that you're young and they don't think you can do it. So can you share more about that? Yeah. So that's definitely the tough part. But I've actually not experienced it until that one that did 400,000 views. Like on all my other videos, like they're fine. But that one, you attract a lot more attention and then you get more comments on she's young. She's too young to know what she's doing. She's too young to be in loans. But yeah, I definitely got some comments on that one about being young, which was hard. But you got to keep in mind that these people on TikTok who comment like that, they usually don't create any videos. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And they don't. do it to everyone. Like, yeah. trust, I, I, because I'm on Twitter, I'm on that. And you know what I've learned is I actually appreciate those comments. And I'll tell you why. It's better than not getting a comment. Yeah. Right. And the way I see it is no matter what, there's you can't please everyone. There's always someone who's going to take this the wrong way. It doesn't matter what. And I, I just look at it as, all right, you're increasing my engagement. The people who support me are going to write comments and then they're going to argue and they're going to hash it out. Because you see like the most popular videos, they always have people arguing back and forth. It's like, OK, cool. The way I look at it is like, OK, cool. Like you're being a jerk, but you're getting me engagement. So that's it makes it still tough, right, to deal with that. But that just makes it easier. I'm like, thank you. Long comment, argument ensues, I'm getting more views, and that's the way I, that's what's really helped me. Yeah, you have to think about it that way, or else. Yeah, yeah. yeah so, is it becoming easier to deal with those types of comments? Yeah, it was just kind of, like, startling at first, because I wasn't expecting it. So, like, yeah, the first yeah, yeah. one, it's like, wait, where did this come from? But after I got that first one, it was easier. But, like, the first one was pretty hard. Yeah. Okay. No, I mean, look, I'm, I'm glad like things are getting easier because that, you know, unfortunately that's just comes with the online realm. A lot of people are anonymous. They're doing their own things. And you're right. Like every time I look at their profile, that's all they do. They just, they're so miserable. And oftentimes it says a lot more about them than it does about you. Like a lot of times it's not even like, they're just like that. And it's like, okay, cool. Like 
you're if you create content, it would suck. So I'm not, you know, too worried about that. Now, what are sort of the near term like goals? Like what's the next big milestone for you? One thing that I'm really working on that I really want to do is grow my LinkedIn. So right now I'm getting close to 9,000 people on LinkedIn, but my goal is to get over like 15,000 soon. So yeah, that's one of my goals right now is to grow on LinkedIn, to grow on TikTok too. And my Instagram would be nice if that grows. (laughs) Instagram is tough. Like, I don't know. I think like TikTok like killed Instagram. (laughs) Like Instagram just basically had to copy. They're like no more images. So don't even worry. And I think the organic reach on TikTok is much higher. And the beauty is you can just repost the videos from TikTok to Instagram. So Mm -hmm. it has that double effect. But yeah, so let's sort of wrap up. Um, What's something that you want to share that you haven't talked about? I think one thing that's really helped me on my journey is getting into personal development pretty early. Like I got into it as a teenager. So something that I would share is that the earlier you can get into reading books, learning about how your mindset works, learning about your subconscious mind and all the stories you tell yourself. I think the sooner you can get out into all of that, the better. Yeah. No, I think that's great advice because there are so many things that like I figured out in like my mid 20s. I was like, damn, I wish I knew this in high school. Like, I wish I knew this earlier. It would have saved me so much drama or saved me or helped me understand some certain situation, helped me take in certain situations more easily. So, no, I think that's great advice. How would people support you? How would people get in contact with you? How would people follow you? Yeah. So I'm on LinkedIn at Sophia Lorena. I'm on TikTok by Mortgages by Sophia Lorena. And then I'm on Instagram under the shit show of my 20s. Oh, I like the shit show in the 20s. So, and what's the name of your, so can you, how would people follow your podcast? Yeah. So my podcast is called the shit show of my 20s and it's on Apple, Spotify. Yeah. It's all over. All right. So we'll, we'll link to the podcast. I just want to thank you so much for your time. It was wonderful. I one day like five six years from now we'll do another part two episode and kind of talk like since then because I know you're just going to be doing so many things I hope you get your trip to Greece soon I hope you flip many properties and make lots of monies and all that stuff so thank you so much for your time I know the audience got a great you know they learned a lot and you know feel free to share this episode with other people and I wish you the best of luck well thank you so much for doing this all right have a good one you too Another great episode. Thank you for listening. Hopefully this information was valuable and you learned a lot. Stay tuned for the next episode. This show is sponsored by you. No Degree wants to remain free from influence so that we can talk about the topics without bias. If you think the show is worth a dollar or two, please check out our Patreon page. Any amount is appreciated and will go towards making future episodes even better. Follow us on Instagram or Snapchat at No Degree Podcast. On Facebook at facebook.com slash no degree inc. If you want to personally reach out to me, connect or follow me on LinkedIn at Janaid Iqbal, spelled J O N A E D, last name I Q B A L. Until next time, no degree, no problem, no degree.com. Yeah, talk to so. You got no degree? No problem. No problem. Any problem, we can solve we them. We got this. Linked insomnia keeps us evolving. Growing and knowing. Wisdom is flowing. If you didn't know, now you know where I'm going. I'm going. If you
you didn't know, now you know. Let's sing that again, everybody. No degree, no problem. Any problem, we can solve them. LinkedIn insomnia keeps us evolving. We're growing in the knowing, the wisdom is flowing. If you didn't know, now you know where I'm going. No degree, no problem. Any problem, we can solve them. LinkedIn insomnia keeps us evolving. We're growing in the knowing, the wisdom is flowing. If you didn't know, now you know where I'm going, yeah.